Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Acts. Today is episode 267. We're looking at Acts chapter 15, verses 6 through 11. This is the Jerusalem council that we see in Acts chapter 15. We saw last time that some men came from Judea up to Antioch, where Paul and Barnabas were, and they were teaching the people that you had to be circumcised in order to be saved. So there was a big discussion at the church at Antioch. Paul and Barnabas argued with them, and the church sent Paul and Barnabas and some others to go to Jerusalem to consult with the mother church to determine how to deal with this. So they traveled down to Jerusalem and met with the people at the church at Jerusalem and Some of the party of the Pharisees stood up and said that you must be circumcised in order to be saved. So let's pick up our passage today, Acts 15, verses 6 through 11. The apostles and the elders gathered to consider this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you are aware that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the gospel message and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he also did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. Now then, why are you testing God by putting a yoke on the disciples' neck that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? On the contrary, we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way they are. Now we're told verse 6 that the apostles and the elders gathered to consider this matter. The implication is they gathered together amongst themselves, not in a public setting. That it's just the apostles and the elders. We know it's going to be a shift because down in verse 12 that we'll actually hit next time, It says the whole church participated in what was going on. So there's a shift from the apostles and the elders to the whole church, but we're not told where that shift takes place. So uh, the apostles, Peter is the leader of the apostles. The elders, James seems to be the the leader of the elders, they gathered to talk about this, this issue. Do you have to be circumcised in order to be saved? After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Now, is this just amongst the apostles and elders, or has there been much debate amongst them, and now it's out in the open? I think it's still just the apostles and elders myself. But after there, Verse 7, After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you are aware that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the gospel message and believe. This is back to chapter 10 where the gospel was brought to the household of Cornelius and everyone in the household and friends and neighbors believed and became followers of Christ and it was authenticated by the Holy Spirit and Peter says that God made the choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the gospel message and believe and we saw the leading up to the event with Cornelius of God moving Peter through that area of Judea, bringing him eventually to Joppa at the house of Simon the Tanner, and then 
the angel appearing to Cornelius and sending for Peter to bring him up to Caesarea. So God orchestrated all that. It's not just by happenstance. We see God specifically moving the events, moving people, moving things to bring Peter to Cornelius and then authenticating all by the Holy Spirit. And he says that was in the early days, maybe 10 years prior to this. Timelines are kind of hard to put together here in the book of Acts sometimes, but uh, some scholars think that chapter 10 was probably 10 years before chapter 15. So then verse 8, And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he also did to us. This was significant because when Peter went back to Jerusalem and explained everything that happened, there was some consternation. What do you mean you shared the gospel with Gentiles? What do you mean Gentiles became believers? And, And Peter's testimony to them, along with the others who were with him, was the Holy Spirit came on them just as it did with us. The Holy Spirit, he descended upon these Gentiles and They had never even made a verbal confession of faith, but they believed, and God knows the heart. And that was a special circumstance. Those were people who were primed to hear a message from God. An angel appeared to Cornelius and said, send for Peter so he can bring you a message from God. Cornelius sent his trusted servants. Cornelius called his friends and neighbors together, and they were all there expectantly waiting for a message from God. So when Peter comes with the message from God, they believed. And as soon as they did, as soon as their hearts were were there, the Holy Spirit descended upon them. And so God authenticated their faith before they had even said, we believe. Peter said then, it happened to them just like it happened to us. Verse 9, he made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. He repeated it again, the Holy Spirit descended just as he did with us. And they made no distinction between us and them. They are every much as believers as much as we are. Then verse 10. Now then, why are you testing God by putting a yoke on the disciples' necks that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? He's saying, why are you testing God? God has spoken on this matter. This isn't just a matter that I thought it was a good idea to go share the gospel with Gentiles. And I came back to you and said, hey, guess what I did? I shared the gospel with Gentiles, and now they're believers too. No, he said, I would never enter my mind to even do this thing till God prompted me to, till God led me to, until God even provided me some teaching to prepare me to do it. And then when I did it, he showed that was what he wanted through the Holy Spirit. So, why are you testing God? God has spoken on this matter. And I guess I'd even like to say, why are we even debating it? Because God has clearly spoken on this matter. And he adds this point, does this yoke that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear. Let's debate on what he means here. Uh, Some people say he's, he's really criticizing the law here, that the uh, the yoke of the law is a heavy burden to bear and that nobody in the past has been able to follow it and even we can't follow it. So why are we saying they should follow it? Others are saying it's really looking to the law for salvation. 
that nobody can find salvation in the law. And so why are we telling them to find salvation through obedience to the law? I'm not sure myself how to take this. It does sound like he's being critical of the law itself and that uh, nobody can truly follow the law. And perhaps it's in light of just the Pharisees, because the Pharisees were so strict on the law that they were so legalistic. And he may just be actually criticizing the, the whole idea of legalism, that you can't be made right with God by following rules. Following God is a matter of the heart. And those who follow God with a heart will try to do what God has said. But salvation doesn't come through rules. So verse 11, on the contrary... We believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way they are. He spins this around now. It's it's no longer they were saved the way we were. Now he says we are saved just like they are. This is the last we see of Peter in the book of Acts. That's not not the last of, of Peter in the Bible. Paul mentions Peter in some of his letters. And we see Peter's letters But uh, in the book of Acts, we won't see Peter anymore. We've had the the introduction that uh, Paul and Barnabas have come to Jerusalem to get an answer from the mother church about this whole issue of circumcision. The apostles and elders gather. Now, it seems like the debate hasn't been one-sided, that everybody just says, oh yeah, God's spoken on this. But after there's a a lot of debate, lengthy debate. Peter gives his perspective of God's already spoken on this. Remember back in chapter 10? That was 10 years ago, but God has spoken on this matter. Who are we to be testing God? Well, next time we'll see uh, Paul and Barnabas sharing, and and then we'll see James, the, the leader of the church, sharing. And the church will come to a decision about how best to proceed see Peter here saying, God's already spoken on this. Why are we debating what God has already said? That's actually a lesson for us. So often we want to debate about things that God has actually clearly spoken on. And and the challenge for us is, will we do what God has said? Will we accept what God has said? Or do we try to explain it away and cling to our personal opinions, cling to our traditions, cling to just the things that we've picked up along the way, or will we look to what God has clearly said? Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the book of Acts.